0: Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners. Thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic, it's just honest. So, if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health/save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health/save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health/save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the honor of having Jim Trounson on the podcast. He's the owner of Jim Trounson Consulting. His firm exists to maximize the health of individuals by partnering with healthcare leaders to take their organizations to a higher level of enhancing the patients and the clinicians' experience and also improving the health of a group of patients while lowering costs. In 2018, he sold Medical Management, also known as MedMan, after 41 years to a great team of managers who are taking it to new levels. Its concept brought Jim to life as America's first physician practice management company. Medman is a large connected network of medical groups managed by Medman, employed administrators, and sharing resources, improving the lives of providers and improving the health of communities they serve. He did a lot of work there, developed a great business, and now is looking for ways to help other business leaders in healthcare make an impact. So really excited to dive into the work Jim is up to and some of his insights in healthcare after many years of experience. So Jim, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast.
1: It's nice to be here, Saul. So
0: did I leave anything out in the intro that you want to share with the folks listening?
1: No, that, I thought that was quite uh, complete, uh, and MedBan was a very good ride for uh, us at, uh, to, I think, make a difference out there, and with a lot of the drive to actually improve access, and I think we did that, and I think the, the world's a better place uh, because of that, and I'm glad that uh, MedBan was uh, built to last and continues to do good work.
0: No that's really a great call out, so looking to hear some of your insights here, but before we dive into that, Jim, I'd love to hear what got you into the medical sector.
1: When I was in college, I took one of those tests that uh, suggest what you might do for a career, and it showed that I had an interest in making the world a better place while I also liked business and it said, why don't you be a pastor or Get into healthcare administration. Wow! So uh, healthcare administration has been a blessing for me, mm. and I see it as a a mission, a way to combine these interests in business entrepreneurship, and also doing some good out there. So it was an easy call for me. My first job was uh, driving an ambulance. Uh, while he was in college nice uh, and uh, that was a good way to test this a little bit and then i was fortunate to during the vietnam years when i knew i was going to be in the army to uh, be working in hospitals and uh, in clinics so i've really had a blessed life and i'm so glad that now that i'm entering this next phase of my life that there's no need to change fields healthcare is a good place to be and. And uh, I think this is such a good time to be in healthcare that I'm lucky that I could just continue to stay in this field without having to reinvent myself too much.
0: Yeah, super fascinating. And at at one point, Jim, if I understand correctly, as a 25-year-old, you're one of the youngest hospital CEOs.
1: The Army was uh, just such a a fortunate time in my life to grow up fast and to get some responsibility beyond my years. And so when uh, my uh, military obligation was up, I was uh, well qualified to get into uh, the civilian world and very fortunate to get a job as a CEO at a young age like that.
0: Yeah. No, it's fascinating. So folks, the experience Jim has had is really diverse and, and, and deep across a lot of different areas, but especially in healthcare. So what's on your mind, Jim? What do you think a hot topic that needs to be on every health leader's agenda is, and how are you approaching that?
1: I think that we as healthcare leaders often get forgetful of the impact to an individual. So I'm working hard to focus my work or maybe judge it by what difference is this going to make to an individual. One of the differences between the personality type that goes into management versus the personality type that becomes a clinician like a physician or a nurse is that uh, clinicians are very interested in one patient at a time. And that's why we love them. And that's why I think they ought to have a strong role in designing our healthcare systems. We managers, on the other hand, have a propensity to get too efficient and to think about lots and lots of patients at the same time. And if we managers, we managers need to think more like clinicians. And maybe it's just a matter of where the apostrophe goes when you're talking about working for a patient's benefit. Mm -hmm. So clinicians will put the apostrophe before the S. So it's the patient's benefit, a a, a single patient.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We managers tend to put the apostrophe after the S to think of the patient's benefit as a whole bunch of folks. And I think we need to think more about the individual patient's benefit. And so I keep trying to remind myself and others as to what difference is this gonna make to an individual patient.
0: That's a great insight, Jim. And uh, one that, that we should all be thinking about on both sides of the equation, patients with the apostrophe before and apostrophe after. So as you've done a lot of work right now, you're working with a lot of different companies, startups, and middle-of-the-road companies in healthcare. What would you say... An example of what's being done to make things different and, and better in healthcare?
1: Well, I certainly think it's a, a wonderful time to be uh, in healthcare. And some of the ideas and the science that's going on out there in medical robotics, biofabrication, precision medicine, uh, health informatics, immunotherapies, regenerative medicine, printing vaccines, uh, theoretical biology, uh, digital therapeutics, there's such an expanding world out there, and if we can find an intersection between that and behavior modification, we can make a lot of difference so for example, I think we've got the opportunity to make uh, chronic disease optional using science and and uh, behavioral sciences to actually change an individual's life singular and uh, there's more openness to disruption now. Uh, Patients are becoming more responsible. There's more social entrepreneurship where we're pointing business solutions at making uh, social changes. So I think that if we get imaginative about how to do this, we can really make a, a difference out there. And that's what I'm trying to do is to help healthcare leaders imagine this and then stay with them, to help them think through strategies and executions to, in fact, do more good out there.
0: It's a great, great point there. And so as you think about your experience, Jim, you know, over 40 years of experience in healthcare, care, tell us about a time when you had a setback or failed. What did you learn from that that has made you and maybe the company you were working with or future companies you work with better?
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of what happens uh, – to us executives is the uh, sins of hubris. We start thinking that we've got it figured out and then get blindsided by yes. realizing how much we didn't know. And boy, I've made a lot of mistakes there uh, just because I was uh, maybe a little too cocky, especially when I was younger, <laughs> of uh, thinking I would gotten it figured out. And so I'm certainly more humble now and appreciative of others' ideas. And for example, I I got back this weekend from New Zealand where I helped to launch a a couple of new companies. And we've got a lot to learn from folks that we may not think about. In other countries, they've been doing a pretty good job of this. So I think uh, we in America can take some pages out of their books and apply that to our our own challenges. So, to answer your question, Saul, I just think that I've learned to listen more mm-hmm. and to be open to other ideas and not be so rigid about. Okay, here's here's the way healthcare should be run. It's all very local, and it needs to be very flexible. And so, that's that complicates things for us managers, is to not have so much of a cookbook to go from, but to feel comfortable with the chaos and the uncertainty is good. And I think that's probably my number one lesson.
0: Love it. A great lesson to share, Jim. Appreciate you you taking us to that story, sort of the ins and outs, the, the hubris, the having it fully figured out to now more humility. So with all of these turns and looking around the corner and 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 the success you've had what's one of the proudest moments in leadership you've experienced in healthcare
1: well you know just recently i was asked to be on the advisory board of a med tech startup because i think i can use some of these 50 years worth of uh, making mistakes to help others from doing the same so i think that the why of my life the purpose of my life is to, as you said in the introduction, is to make changes, uh, improve the health of one individual. And in my perfect world, I would help with some mastermind groups and helping enough healthcare leaders to, I think I could touch a million patients through them. And so as I'm getting some validation that will help us imagine this new service, or how could we roll this out into multiple countries, there's uh, wonderful opportunities. And so when I'm being asked to advise some very smart, well-meaning healthcare leaders, that is so validating. So that's probably my, my proudest moment that comes to mind, Saul.
0: Yeah, Jim, it's a lot to be proud of. You know, you, you spent all of this time doing and executing and and now you're taking from those learnings and helping folks with that you know early on before we started recording in a previous conversation Jim and I had a chance to connect and he talked to me about the three stages right the first one is about identity figuring out who you are the second one is about responsibility building career businesses and the third is about freedom and you know Jim is at that point where he's got the freedom and the expertise of the previous two stages to really help others that are in stage two. And that really resonated with me. And I thought it'd be worthwhile to share with with the folks listening. It's definitely important that we learn from the mistakes and and the expertise of folks like Jim who have been there and done that. And so love it. I think it's a great thing to be proud of. What would you say is an exciting project or focus on that you're working on today?
1: Oh, boy, there's a lot of them. And I'm calling this phase Jim Troutson 3.0. And uh, (laughs) it's it's turned out to be the most exciting, fruitful, productive phase of my life. I'm 71 years old, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm deciding (laughs) that maybe retirement isn't very well tested in terms of whether it's good for us. So I'm, uh, again, having a great time, as you can tell by experiencing this freedom uh, when you really can follow your passion and you have a lot of latitude as to what to do. So what I would say, one of the exciting things that I'm being exposed to is the disruption of, again, using science to improve individuals' health. And as sequencing our DNA is uh, going from $1.2 million uh, just a few years ago down to $100. That's going to disrupt our world in the same way that cell phones have. So there are companies that are doing wonderful things with uh, combining that blood analysis and gut biomes now to individualize medicine. So no longer do we have to treat the average patient and there's no such thing as an average patient we're all very individualized so now we can apply what we can find out about one's the particularities of one's life to design medicines for them to design exercise programs sleep patterns etc and this is going to be a lot of fun and I think that's certainly a new frontier that I want to be uh, helping healthcare leaders to be able to leverage.
0: Yeah, Jim, some great insights there. And and I do agree with you. It's uh, an exciting time to be here, very promising technologies. And, you know, I think rather than call it retired, I'd say you're refocused. And a lot of this is true for executives that have had success in, in their respective fields. They don't retire, they refocus and they reapply themselves. and And so, And it's tremendously valuable to the individuals running companies, but also society. So uh, keep doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of good happening out there as a result of us 80 million American baby boomers uh, thinking about our 3.0 phases because we're pretty healthy. And maybe more energized than we thought we would be. And there's a a lot of need for us to help out. There's uh, significant problems in America and the world in delivering healthcare, uh, in creating access. And so I think you'll see us doing a lot of of good. And I'm excited to be a, a part of this.
0: Absolutely, Jim. Now, up next is the lightning round. So I got a couple questions for you and we'll follow that with a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? I'm ready. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes?
1: It is to focus on the individual patient and make sure that we're focusing our work that would improve their health.
0: What's the biggest mistake or
1: pitfall to avoid? Not listen to others that have some good ideas about this uh, from foreign countries or other places.
0: How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
1: Boy, again, I, I would say listening more than talking. I like this uh, saying to talk less, say more. And so that would be my advice there. Love it.
0: What's uh, the area of focus that drives your work today?
1: Finding the right intersection between the science and then figuring out how to work with an individual patient to change their behaviors. They change the social determinants of healthcare. And these next two are a little more on a personal note. What is your number one health habit? Exercise daily. <laughs> it's easy to say. I think uh, that can certainly uh, uh, actually reduce your your biological age and uh, hard to do, but there's certainly a great benefits to that.
0: Love that. And what is your number one success habit?
1: To have my, I guess I call it my big why and the why of my life, the primary why of my life is to work with these healthcare leaders through planning and advising, connecting and teaching to help them to, in fact, advance the quadruple aim of uh, improving the patients and the provider's experience, uh, improve the health of a population while lowering the prices. And so for me to spend the first four hours of my day turning off my cell phone, turning off my emails, and working on that during an uninterrupted block of time getting that dial moved, and then to do all the other things. What I'd found myself doing before, Saul, was doing all the other things. And if there's anything left over to work on my my one thing, (laughs) the priority in my life, and it was totally upside down. And since I've modified this to do that first and to protect that time to make an appointment with myself to do that, I've become much more impactful.
0: Great, great piece of advice there. And uh, appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely agree with you, Jim. It's a great habit. And folks, one to consider for your daily practice. And so again, folks, uh, you can find all the show notes, the full transcript, as well as the short notes and the lightning round that we just did. Just go to outcomesrocket.health and type in the search bar Jim Trounson. But you could also go to Jim's website. It's jimtrounson.com where you could learn more about him and the things that he's up to. So, Jim, this has been a ton of fun. I really appreciate you sharing your insights and your passion for healthcare. Leave us with a closing thought, and the best place for the listeners to get in touch is if they want to continue the conversation.
1: You bet. Well, like the name of, of your podcast suggests, so I'll outcomes rocket. So let, let's think more about outcomes than inputs. And as we're moving our healthcare system from volume to value, I think what you're doing is so germane. So I want to keep myself focused on outcomes instead of uh, the inputs. And, uh, yes, would like to connect with uh, anybody who can have a, enough uh, friends in healthcare. And so my uh, website is Jim Troutson, T R dot com, And my company is only me. So it's Jim at uh, jimtrousen.com. We'd love to hear from anybody.
0: Outstanding, Jim. Really appreciate your time today and uh, definitely looking forward to staying in touch. Thanks again. Thank you, Saul.
1: Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast.